There is a warning for this podcast. This is a very explicit podcast. Do not watch or listen if you do not like profanity or anything related to dark humor. Thank you. Welcome to our homebrewed realm created in our minds during random conversation and dopamine hit. Through this podcast and journey, you will experience the utter dumbassery and total embarrassment created by our own stupidity. We tend to come up with 90% of the story on every, pretty much everything on the fly, hence the improv. Join us while we introduce our cast, Pyro the Manic Dungeon Master, Crazy a Half-Orc Barbarian Fighter, who became the Norse god Thor's prodigy, Little Blonde, Vermin the Dragonborn Rogue Warlock, who happens to be the primordial being's Chaos's favorite mortal. As well as Cody, Cozy, the human bard who is drunken, horny. Throughout this journey, you will meet and come to know many an NPC. But don't grow too attached. There's there's a large chance they'll die very soon. We as a collective hope you enjoy our violent, horny graphics, sometimes drug-induced bullshittery. We welcome all listeners and viewers. And we love feedback from all of you. You can email us at notdnd.improv at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. In ancient times in the world of Aerolux, a group of morally questionable adventurers set out to, quote, better this world. We start our journey where they met, quite possibly the most normal, stereotypical place possible. A tavern, an average tavern at best, where many town folk like to spend their very minimal earnings on wiping away the emotional damage, even momentarily. Where we seen in where there is music playing from a minimalistic stage in the corner where we see Willa Nethershade performing on the other side of the bar. There's a table sitting at this table, Papato and Mike, longtime friends and allies of one another. Just drinking. As Willa finishes her last song, she leaves the stage, takes a seat in the middle of the bar, and orders a drink from the bartender. Sounds of talking and murmuring ring out stale air inside this tavern. When a goblin in the corner catches the eye of Bapato, this goblin is inscribing something onto the bar floor, a magic symbol of sorts. Bapato is walking, walks up to this goblin and asks what is what he's doing. All the goblin says back is, they're going to kill my family. I have to keep writing. The little goblin continues to say this repeatedly. During this, outside, an elven woman is strolling down the cross, crossing way. And she takes a peek inside the tavern just to watch for a second. Willa uses her telepathy to get the gist of the situation from Mike and Papatel, and Mike uses Thieves Cant to help Papatel to take out a knife and kind of frighten him. All the goblin says in return is, must keep writing, my family, my family. Papatel, having enough of this, stabs the goblin right in the middle of the chest, instantly killing him. Blood running down onto the floor, onto these magic symbols that this goblin just created. All of a sudden, they start to glow, and three ghostly demon-like creatures appear out of a puff of smoke, and the magical symbols 
eventually disappear, but all that remains are these three ghastly creatures. As the fight wears on, the elven woman comes in to help, but the ghostly creatures are already dead by then. This elven woman then tasks these adventurers with going to this tower to possibly get her father's soul back. It's, it, this tower is called the Leasing Tower. She gives them basic needs, supplies, cart, all things. Well, this group's a little messed up. So on their way through the forest, they decide to talk to a hunter and learn how to make a fire. Except for... To learn to the fire, Willa casts Sacred Flame, accidentally setting the dog on fire, killing it instantly, only trying only to try to revive it with little success pretty much doesn't do anything the hunter becomes enraged attempting to kill the group only for an attempt to escape willa decides to once again cast sacred flames setting the forest ablaze this is their first war crime i'm so very proud of them setting the forest ablaze only revealed that it is very very much sentient now out for murder the adventures now dub war criminals begin to flee from the forest, only to be chased by a rather large group of trees. Most trees are taken out before they can reach the tower. However, there is one straggler. The straggler becomes resem resemblance to the air trees from Elden Ring. Be beginning to use unconventional strategy of wrapping its legs together in a very similar way to a submissive man and his very dominant wife in their exploration of bondage. The group fails, though, however, and realizes it's a fucking tree that proceeds to jump and nearly bash Willa's skull in. The group, after several attempts to reenact their war crime and set the tree ablaze, thus ended suffering. Finally, they enter the tower only to see a bright spectacle of floating lights phasing in and out of reality, representing the spirits of the dead. They are greeted by a singular skeleton skull that warns them of a possible death. Definitely not foreshadowing. There's a long, narrow corridor with a singular, dark, and metallic skeleton sitting on a throne surrounded by coffins. However, Mike does not seem to notice this very crucial detail and attempts to steal the crown off of its head, only to enrage it. The skeleton rage at this very thievery proceeds to slash at Mike, and only Mike, as... As Willa and Bapato are ambushed by skeletons that were in the coffins, Willa and her grand of thirteen grand total of thirteen wisdom decides to cast Shatter, killing them, injuring several skeletons. However, the Shatter begins to destroy the tower, and Bapato, enraged at the lack of escape, begins to crave violence, slaughtering more skeletons. Mike, meanwhile, still being actively attacked by the skeleton king, and... <laughs> With the dice gods neglecting his well-being, decides to double nat 20 him. In other words, he instantly dies. In other words, insta-killing him. Willa and Bapatow now begin to attack the skeleton king. A little to no avail. But Bapatow grapples the skeleton king. Willa, again... Using her massive wits, decides to cast more shatter, thus destroying more of the tower, revealing more skeletons to fight, 
Apatow, however, was having the time of his life, react, retracting his arm blade and extending it into the Skeleton King's skull in a literal sense of skull-fucking him to death. Now, with all the skeletons killed, Babatel retrieves the crown only to reveal that it has the capability to retrieve two souls using the gems encrusted in it. Babatel decides to retrieve Mike's soul and the elven, woman, elven woman's father's soul. A, cha a changeling clears the rubble that was blocking the current duo's exit and reveals that they are a servant there is a servant of the elven woman that they have set up to teleport to use a teleportation symbol surrounding the cart to get back to the city they arrive at what they realize is the castle grounds and the elven woman stands there in front of the door revealing herself to be the acting ruler of rodman city Silin. Silin. Hard last name. Don't ask. He is now being given the soul gems and smashes one of them on the ground, allowing for the soul to dissipate and the other not crushed. The gem, in response, returns Mike to the mortal plane at their current location. Very convenient. Mike, however, in a state of death limbo known as the realm of chaos, meets the primordial being chaos himself. Thus, being, this being decides to mark Mike with the curse slash blessing known as the Mark of Chaos, meant to remind Mike of the consequences of death. Zillin, being an elf, has lived long enough to know what this is, tells Mike to cast any spell, and in confusion he does this, revealing his curse or blessing and his wild magic, which decides, which decided to commit copyright infringements by singing the McDonald's jingle, Ba -da -ba -ba -ba, and summoning a large McDonald's that he is now the proud owner of. The group in confusion enter the not-so-fine establishment to the reveal that the adventuring gear has changed into McDonald's uniforms. Willa, once again, in her mighty wisdom, decides to kill a customer before they, because they were being a Karen, thus getting her banned from the location. As our brave and not-so-helpful heroes decide to commit a genocide upon the living trees and forests, they were so graciously given the decision that they could leave Rodman City and travel the wood, that they could, or they could stay and enjoy a little bit of prison life, led to finding out that they really weren't going to get arrested, but none of this, nonetheless, they decide to be on the way. On the way, they had to travel through a cave to get through the mountain range to get to Limeshell. In the very cave, they stumbled upon a bunch of cave spiders. Ultimately, Willa, pulling her signature move and casting Shatter, almost killing everyone, but killing the spiders in turn. As they make their way out of the cave, in the mighty forest upon them, they stumble upon a very large bandit camp, a bandit camp that they decide to ransack and loot. Upon entering the band camp, they start a mouse the bandit camp, they, they start a massive fight. Well, the problem is, because of chaos, Mike had an issue with his magic, proceeding to turn on the entire bandit camp and turning it into a massive pot of very, very hot boiling soup. During this bout, a large block of cheese forms in the middle of the pot and a disco ball starts spinning and music starts going off. On that cheese block stands Willa and Mike, who decide to duke it out in a dance battle in the middle of this encounter. 
During this dance battle, Mike gets the absolute shit kicked in by Willa, the bard, and slowly the cheese under him melts until it end up fully sending him into the pot of soup. To combat the repeated damage dealt to Mike and Babato from the hot soup, Mike spits his acid breath at the side of the pot and punches a hole into it, making it instantly disappear, sending everything back onto the ground, loot everywhere, everything slightly wet. Ugh, it's just gross. After gathering all their things and all the loot, they set off through Limeshell and into the city of Wellwell, a major port city for this kingdom. In this town, they, in the town, they found out that the bandit camp was a quest they could have taken. They go to the town hall to try to receive their earnings from the quest, even though they never took the quest. Silen, who is there because of they, she wanted to talk to the group about something. Because she teleported there, because why not? So, the mayor is her cousin. So they try to talk to the cousin and get a reward. The cousin says no. Silen does banishment and sends him to another plane of existence. And Mike leaves. Willa goes and tries to figure out that to get his code from the Warforge that they're about to fight. Well, Mapo Willa and Mapato kill a couple of innocent guards that are guarding the room, the treasure room. And after that, they open up the treasure room door, and there's a level 16 Warforge that proceeds to one-tap Willa into nothingness. So, that, 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 that happened. Willa is very smart, as you can tell. Well, after Selin gets back, she then takes Willa, fixes her up, and they all go to a local tavern. Where in that local tavern, uh, Selim leaves, comes back with a large massive hammer. Gives that hammer to Bapto. Apparently that, thun that weapon slash hammer is the god of thunder and lightning, Thor's hammer. But this and that whatever as they are leaving the next day a strange figure approaches them seems very familiar to Silen. turns out it's her supposed dead brother except something is different he's wearing a mask that is a little scratched up half white half black with blood red eyes he attacks the group including Silen. they narrowly escape with their lives using a teleport circle to get back to rodman city and the castle barely able being able to process what has happened, and having many questions for Sillen and whoever that was. She explains everything, and they decide to take lunch inside the McDonald's. While inside, the workers tell Mike about the ball pit smelling of death and decay. Mike and the group go all the way to the bottom, find that there's a door. The door opens, and po out pops abortion. He is a person who kills kids based on the contracts that the parents made and pay for. He is a child hitman, per se. Him and his boss, Miss Carrie. She all join in the fray, but eventually, getting thrown into another plane of existence by Sillin. You know how that is. After this encounter, Sillin tells the group about an upcoming tournament that the kingdom puts on. Everyone in the kingdom can enter, to train for this, 
the group decides to go their separate ways and each day meet at the tavern. After a couple of days, Babato decides to become a, man a maniac and talk to his hammer. Well, apparently, talks back. And it takes him to Thor in the land of the gods. Thor tells Babato that every god bets on a participant of the tournament. And since Babato holds Mjolnir, that Thor decided to bet on Babato. Later in that night, back at the tavern, both Willa and Mike decide to drink some ambrosia, a very strong drink made by the gods, sending them both to sleep. And because they're asleep, they meet their respective gods. Willa's being Dionysus, and Mike's, well, being Loki. Mike meets Loki in Chaos, where Chaos kind of sneaks out that Loki could possibly be Mike's dad. After all of the meetings, they come back to the tavern and drink even more ambrosia, falling asleep for almost the entire two weeks leading up to the tournament. Well, kind of. In their dream state, they meet up with their respective gods and doing some training for the tournament. Well, they make it back to the ruler just in time for the tournament. They meet up with Scylla and teleport to the arena where the tournament starts. All three make it past round one, where round two is where the shit really hits the fan. Willa proceeds to lose to abortion and gets sent into loser's bracket, where she proceeds to win three loser's bracket rounds before she finally meets her in in round four. Mike losers. makes it to round three, where he ends up using a magic spell called Mother of All Fireballs, where he sends three level nine fireballs at the opponent, instantly winning the round. But sadly, he falls in round four and loses in the following round of loser's bracket right then and there. However, Papato makes it to the finals, where he barely wins on a last second attack, surviving with 1 HP left, and takes home the massive prize. Now, we are fully caught up to the present time, where the guys are back in the tavern having a drink post-tournament. This is where you would pick up our story and hear from the entire party in their own respective. Thank you too, for listening to our what episode. We're now fully caught up to where we started recording our episodes. So hopefully you enjoy. And hopefully the plot was pretty summarized. Good. 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 In a good way. Thank you for listening. Again, you can hit us up at notdnd.improv at gmail.com. Please, we'd love any input, any questions, any sort of that there. Um. Hopefully soon we will put out a couple of episodes and let everyone listen to our podcast. Thank you for listening and watching. <laughs>